providing you with health information and guests to elevate your health and life and help make your life better in 30 minutes or less. This is the Frontline Health Podcast. Welcome to the Frontline Health Podcast by Centurion. We're excited about this opportunity to share some of our knowledge with you. Centurion is a pharmaceutical company that chooses to put people over profits and allows science to dictate what products we bring to market, whether they're supplements, over-the-counter, or prescription products. Our goal is to provide products that you can both afford and are beneficial to your health. Because it doesn't matter how good a product is if you can't afford it. The Frontline Health Podcast will provide you with the best health information possible through sharing studies and current data that we come across, as well as interviewing some of the leading health practitioners from across the country in hopes to shed light on different health issues in 30 minutes or less. This podcast will take you through the side of the story that you may not have heard before, but our promise to you is to source all the information that we share with you and to speak the truth. We're hopeful that this truth is something that will be used by you and your loved ones to elevate your health and life. Now that you know a little about us and our goal for this podcast, let's get started. Unlike humans, all folate is not created equal. On this edition of Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com, we'll discuss the different forms of folate and why the form you take matters. If you're taking the wrong form, it could actually hurt your health. Most of us have only become aware or heard about the need of folate or for folate when we or somebody that we love became pregnant because it's been shown to help avoid neural tube defects. And while it is important during a pregnancy, it's actually just as important during our everyday life. Folate, which is also known as vitamin B9, was actually discovered in the 1930s and is considered by the World Health Organization as one of its essential medicines, and it is one of the top 100 most prescribed medications in the United States. This is probably due to the fact that folate is instrumental in making new DNA, RNA, and red blood cells, which is happening in overdrive during pregnancy, but continues in our daily lives. Unfortunately, there is a lot of confusion around this essential nutrient, folate. There are many in the medical community who don't even know that all folate is not the same, and that folic acid is actually synthetic. In order to clear up some of the confusion that surrounds folate, let's take a couple minutes and talk about the different forms that we can consume throughout the day. There are three forms of folate. The first is folic acid. It's synthetic and was developed in a lab in 1943, and its form is not found in nature. It's the most common form of folate that's found in supplements and foods like breads, pastas, crackers, and cookies because it's cheap and it's able to be cooked without burning up all the nutritional value that's found in folic acid. The second form is folinic acid. It's a bioavailable form, and it's actually found in nature, so one that you find in your fruits and vegetables and uh, uh, other 
organic materials that you eat. The third form is called methylfolate, and this is the bioactive form that's actually found in nature. What we do know about all three of these forms is it seems to have some benefit during pregnancy. Studies have been conclusive over the years that dietary folate in particular is protective and is needed during the first three months prior to conception, as well as the first 28 days of pregnancy. It seems to be vital for cell growth and division, which is happening at an accelerated rate during pregnancy. And it also speaks to the need for all women of childbearing age to be on folate supplementation. But the question really is, what kind is best for you to take, and do they all benefit us the same? The recommendation from the CDC in 1991 was that women with a history of neural tube defect pregnancies should consume about 4 milligrams of folic acid a day. In 1992, the U.S. Public Health Service began recommending that all women of childbearing age should consume 400 micrograms of folic acid a day. And finally, the overwhelming number of studies linking folate to neural tube defects led to mandatory food fortification in 1998, which required all non-organic flours, breads, cookies, crackers, cereals, and pastas to be fortified or enriched with folic acid in an attempt to reduce neural tube defects, which as a side note, according to the CDC, did not provide sufficient help for those with MTHFR, which we know affects roughly 40 to 60 percent of the population. For those couples who struggled with fertility, it was actually recommended that individuals take 5 milligrams of folic acid. So where are we now? Obviously that happened in the early to mid-90s, but what we're finding now as new studies come out is a lot of that can be detrimental to our health. There was a recent study from 2018 out of the Journal of Assisted Reproduction and Genetics that says otherwise on how much folic acid acid you should take. And I'll quote, the conventional use of large doses of folic acid, 5 milligrams per day, has become obsolete. Regular doses of folic acid, 100 to 200 micrograms, can be tolerated in the general population, but should be abandoned in the presence of MTHFR mutations. Moreover, it avoids potential adverse effects of unmetabolized folic acid syndrome, which is suspected of causing immune dysfunction and other adverse pathological effects such as cancer. So as you just heard, fortification has led to some of those unintended consequences, which we're still uncovering today, especially in the large number of people affected by MTHFR. Here are just some of the consequences that we've heard starting to pile up over the years since we've started this food fortification program with folic acid. Again, just to be clear, these unintended consequences are associated with folic acid intake, and it's not associated or doesn't seem to be associated with methylfolate or folinic acid due to the fact that Folinic acid and methylfolate do not lead to unmetabolized folic acid. These large levels of unmetabolized folic acid in our veins has been linked to asthma in our offspring, allergic disease, 
eczema, misdiagnosis of B12 deficiencies, which can lead to the degeneration of the spinal cord, cognitive decline in the elderly when you have intake levels above 400 micrograms per day, which interestingly is about two slices of bread with some breads to get you to 400 micrograms a day. You have a risk of developing breast cancer, an increased risk by about 20% when your intake levels are about 400 micrograms per day. There's an increased risk of prostate cancer in males older than 59 years old. Increased risk of lung cancer at about a 25% increased rate. You have an higher, a higher risk of autism in our kids. In one study of 1,400 kids published in 2019 found that over 500 of those kids had a food sensitivity and 78 of them had a full-blown food allergy linked to folic acid intake. Another study actually released in October of 2022 from the Journal of American Medical Association Neurology suggests that women who have epilepsy and take greater than one milligram of folic acid had a greater chance of having kids with childhood cancer. I'm sure you're just as surprised as I was to hear about the many consequences that folic acid can have down the road in our lives. The unfortunate piece is that oftentimes we don't correlate the fact that we might have some form of cancer with folic acid intake and the fact that we ate a sandwich that had bread fortified with folic acid or that we ate pastas with folic acid fortified in that to cause our kids to have eczema. And it actually is kind of disturbing to think that we're forced to eat these things and have these consequences. But something we probably should take a look at is just our everyday health. If you have MTHFR in particular, which we know about 40 to 60% of the population does, it may be a good thing to avoid folic acid just for our daily health. Because we know that folic acid intake, if you have MTHFR, has led to greater chances of brain fog, low energy, and a host of other issues. So now that we understand that taking folic acid can affect our day-to-day -day life, and it has serious consequences on the long term, I think our next step really should be trying to get folic acid out of our diet. So how do we do that? I think the first way to, to start that process is begin looking at the labels. Look at the labels of the bread you eat, all the cookies, crackers, pastas, everything, and you begin to see the number of times that you're taking in folic acid throughout the day and increasing the, your chances of having unmetabolized folic acid flowing through your veins. One particular study followed individuals for five days and found after just eating one piece of bread for five days in a row that there was unmetabolized folic acid in their bloodstream. So at this point, I'm sure all of you are thinking, that dude's got three heads. There's no way I'm giving up all this food because I, I like my bread. I like my pastas. I like all of the things that I get to eat that are flour-based. But here's the good news. We know that there are options out there that we can use. So what we need to do is find organic flours and organic breads and organic pastas. Because we know that anything that is certified organic doesn't contain fortified vitamins, let alone fortified folic acid. So once we make that step, 
we eliminate a great deal of folic acid from our diet. The next step, and probably the biggest step, is when we begin to take supplements. So we need to look at our supplements, look on the back, look on the supplement facts panel, and make sure that they do not in, or they don't contain folic acid. Sometimes it will say folate to almost trick us into thinking that it's the right form, but make sure that you can read and see what form of folate is in there. If it just says folate, more than likely it's going to be folic acid because that's the cheaper form. If it says folate, it should always have a descriptor of what's in there, whether that's L-methylfolate or folinic acid or folic acid. Throw away any of the supplements that you're taking that is fortified with folic acid. Stop taking them altogether. Don't do it anymore. And I think that is a crucial step in getting your health right and getting you on a path to taking ownership of your own health, along with the fact of increasing your intake of methylfolate and folinic acid through your diet, which would be through leafy greens mostly, but also through other fruits and vegetables, and then making sure that any supplementation that you have, any supplements that you're taking, contain methylfolate or folinic acid. If you do those things, you're taking a huge step in the right direction of taking ownership of your health. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Frontline Health by CenturionLabs.com and learned a little bit more about the different types of folate so you can take ownership of your own health. Thanks for joining us for this edition of the Frontline Health Podcast by Centurion, where our desire is to elevate your health and life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and be sure to pass it along to someone else who would benefit from this podcast. We would love to hear any feedback or questions you may have by emailing us at admin at centurionlabs.com. Until next time, remember, you are your best health advocate. So go take ownership of your health today.